this is a Holy Ghost meeting. And well, what's a Holy Ghost meeting? Praise the Lord. What's a Holy Ghost meeting? Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we'll read two verses of scripture there. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, And my speech, this is Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith shall not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Praise God. Notice that fourth verse, it says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Amen. Well, um, three things in a Holy Ghost meeting. Three things that make a Holy Ghost meeting. Number one, the word of God is preached and or taught. Well, not necessarily every session. There might be a session that what the Spirit of God wants us to do is just pray. What the Spirit of God wants us to do, maybe just to praise, maybe just to jump and shout and run and dance. Whatever direction he wants to go, praise God. But basically, the word of God is preached and or taught. The word has to come first. Now, in the morning sessions, we've had such classical teaching on faith, wonderful times in prayer as well. So there's been a lot of word that has been put out. Well, secondly, in the Holy Ghost meeting, the Spirit of God is guiding, he's leading, he's in demonstration, and in manifestation. The Spirit of God is guiding, he's leading, he's in demonstration, and in manifestation. Praise God. So it's nothing cut and dried. Uh, different meetings are different. Like in a teaching meeting, Rhema Bible Training Center, we have campuses all over the world, and um, including here in Nigeria. Our headquarters in Rhema, USA, was started in 1974 by Kenneth E. Hagin of Blessed Memory. And um, the person who actually put the school together was his son, Pastor Kenneth W. Hagin, and he taught most of the classes even from that very first year, did quite a lot of teaching. Was He put the curriculum together. And um, by the time Brother Hagen went home to be with the Lord, actually today, uh, September 19, 2020, makes it exactly 17 years when Brother Hagen went home to be with the Lord. And by that time in 2003, September 19, there were 14 schools all over the world. But today there are 265. Praise God. Amen. Brother Higgin may not be here in person, but that ministry wasn't founded around his person. It was founded around purpose. Praise God. And um, it's continued to grow and it's growing. Praise the Lord. Well, um, 10 years ago, Reverend Matt Bima came to Nigeria and um, Rayma was established here in Nigeria. And uh, this is 10 years, going to be exactly 10 years next month in October. And thank God, we're endeavoring to do just the same thing that Rhema was founded on, to train men and women in the word of God and in the things of the Holy Ghost. And in our class sessions, typically we teach. In teaching meetings, it's more line upon line, precept upon precept. Then there are prayer meetings. In a prayer meeting, we pray. That's the purpose. We pray. Well, there are worship meetings where we worship and um, evangelistic services where the thrust is to reach the lost healing meetings. So different, there are different types of meetings. 
But in a Holy Ghost meeting, the Spirit of God is leading, he's guiding, he's directing, he's in manifestation as well as in demonstration. So just whatever direction he wants us to go. And um, the way I prepare for such meetings as this, many times I don't have a text. Many times I don't even have a message until sometimes I get behind the pulpit. Many times I don't know what I'm going to say. It's after the meeting I find out what I said. But we're just endeavoring to flow with the Holy Ghost. And sometimes it tells us ahead of time what direction you have us to go. So that's the second thing. And then thirdly, in a Holy Ghost meeting, the needs of the people are met and they are full of joy. The needs of the people are met and they are full of joy. Well, May of 1950, Brother Hagin, while in Texas, Houston, Texas, he had an audible voice from heaven. The voice said to him, I want you to go, it must have been the Lord Jesus, I want you to go teach my people faith. I have taught you faith through my word. I permitted you to go through certain experiences. You've learned faith both through my word and by experience. I want you to go teach my people what I've taught you. I want you to go teach my people faith. And um, now faith is not the only subject in the Bible, but it's a central subject and it's very important a subject, praise the Lord. So Brother Higgin began to major on that because that was the direction God gave him. And then when Rhema started, that's Rhema's mandate as well. When Rhema Bible Training Center started, Rhema Bible College, Bible Training College today, that's that central mandate too of that school and all the schools around the world, including here in Nigeria, praise the Lord. Go teach my people faith. That's our mandate. And we're endeavoring to run with it. Well, um, sometimes in the 80s, the Lord began to deal with Brother Higgin actually about this in the early 80s. Then um, maybe a, bit, a little more pointedly in 1987, July 16. That was the Thursday before the annual camp meeting in Tulsa. Well, um, he had uh, an experience, lasted about two hours, 50 minutes. And um, he was caught up in the spirit and uh, the Lord said to him, Lord Jesus said to Brother Hagin, he said, uh, there's a move of the spirit that will be lost to this generation except they are led into it. That there are other people in the body of Christ who will help get the job done on the faith teaching. And he said, such as Charles Capps. He said, however, I want you to concentrate because there are other people that can help get that done. Concentrate now more on this about teaching about the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord. And then um, 93, late 93, early 1994, Brother Hagin began to have Holy Ghost meetings and um, uh, the Lord particularly emphasized to him about the spirit of joy, the spirit of joy in those meetings. And um, praise God, it's still the same Holy Ghost, it's still the same mandate, it's still the same mission, Many, many of us all over the world, praise God, so many Rhema schools doing the same thing. Now we have, in case you're wondering how you could come to school in Rhema here in Nigeria, well, there's a COVID-19 restriction that's uh, currently in the country and schools are not yet opened physically. So while this lasts, we are online and um, the moment the restrictions are removed, we'll have to come on site. But we have an intake that um, you can get in on. Just go to our website, www.raymanigeria.com, uh, and you can get information about how to come to school, and there's more information that's been put out there on uh, our various um, media handles so you can know how to apply. So you can come to school and learn more about the 
things of God, about the word, about the flow of the spirit. In our level one, we take 25 subjects, including subjects like faith, like love, like prayer, healing, how to be led by the spirit of God, gifts of the spirit, just several basics that will equip a person on the, the ABCs of the Christian life. And then level two builds up on those things that were learned in level one. And level two is more uh, practical, is more ministry-oriented. You say, but I'm not called to the ministry. Can, is Rema still a place for me? Certainly. You just want to learn more about the Bible. You just want to learn more about how to be more effective as a minister of reconciliation. And... Um, you could just go ahead on and share this link as well so that other people who are watching with you or who you would like to watch this may also get to find out. Right through to September 30, our application for this October intake is still on. The orientation is going to be October 2nd and 3rd. Uh, deadline for application is September 30. And you can come in online to be a part of this online, you can en enroll online because of the COVID restrictions, you can enroll online. And if you start online, once the on-site classes begin, you can come on-site. But if you want to finish online, you can go right ahead and do both your level one and your level two online because of this restriction. Well, thank God, as we trust him, you know, something about the spirit of faith is this. We see uh, an opportunity in every challenge. Praise God. What the devil meant for harm as we keep trusting God. He turns it around for a good. So um, Rhema uh, endeavors to do just that. And that was the thrust, the primary thrust, like I said, that God gave to Brother Hagin. Go teach my people faith. And then later the Lord began to deal with him about that move of the spirit that will be lost to this generation, except we are led into it. Now, there are certain things that uh, we can learn just by teaching but some things need to be demonstrated. Like Paul said, he said his speech and his preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, but was in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Well, somehow in my spirit, I just seem to feel impressed to share with us this evening uh, about contending for the move of the spirit. Contending for the move of the spirit. You see, if this move of the spirit can be lost then we ought to make sure it's not lost. It can be lost to this generation. Uh, thank God for the uh, Pentecostals, the old timers. They understood some things about flowing with the Holy Ghost, about the move of the Holy Ghost. But the modern day charismatics, we don't know so much about some of these things. And that's why God is having us emphasize this so that this move is not lost. And like... Uh, I'm talking about tonight, God wants us to contend. So there takes a contending for the move of the Spirit. In John chapter 7, from verse 37 through to 39, the Bible says in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so refuse to keep drawing back. Refuse to keep pushing those things off. Those nudgings you have on the inside. Those promptings of the Lord. Yea, I begin to follow that which he has spoken to you. For many times you seek for more light. You seek for more wisdom. You seek for more insight. But yes, yet the Lord, as you walk in that which I've already revealed, I will bring more light. 
and I'll bring more clarity. And so you will not have to wonder, is this the way the Lord is saying to go? For you will know deep down within your spirit. And as you walk in that light, no one will be able to gainsay you. <laughs> For the supernatural you will see in a greater measure than you've seen heretofore. And there will be much cause for rejoicing and much cause. 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 <laughs> Glory to God. Much cause to be glad. Whoa, glory to God. Glory to God. Well, it's a Holy Ghost meeting. Amen. We don't have to preach anything. We don't have to teach anything. There's been so much teaching already. We'll just endeavor to flow with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Someone who's watching right now, uh, on your left arm, you've been in serious pain. In actual fact, you can't lift that arm up. You, you, uh, well, you lift it right up to here, and you can't lift it beyond that. God's power is working on that arm, your left arm, and it's being loose right now. Raise it up. The power of God is making you every weight whole, every weight whole, every weight whole. Glory to God. 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 Some of the kidney disorder. A kidney disorder. In actual fact, it's your right kidney. The power of God is making you whole right there where you are. You see, it's not about shouting. It's not about perspiration. And sometimes the Spirit of God comes on us. We shout, we run, we dance. And that's okay. Praise God. But you see, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. The kidney disease is healed now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Well, I was in a meeting like this one time some years ago. And then... um. Uh, as I was seated, I wasn't to minister. While I was seated there, just uh, the Lord said to me on the inside, he said about somebody whose daddy had epilepsy and that uh, the daddy is healed and I should say that. I said, all right, if you want me to say, I'm not the one who's leading the meeting. You can get to the leader of the meeting if he wants me to come up, that's fine. If he doesn't, that's fine. Well, where I sat down, the person who was directing the meeting, who incidentally happens to have been Pastor Dakwa, I don't know if he remembers this story. He had me to, he said, I think you ought to say something. I kind of tried to decline that. Really? Do I have to? Oh, he said, I think you ought to say something. So I came up. And when I did, then I said it. I said, there's somebody here whose daddy has epilepsy. The Lord will have me tell you that you're healed. Now, you know, there's wisdom in flowing with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't make sense to ask the person to lift up their hand. He might be embarrassed. There may be a sister there that he's interested in. And you know the way some people sometimes open their eyes when things are happening to see uh, who it is. So I just said it out. And that, that was it. Four years after, four years after, I went to visit with a friend. And um, while I was approaching that place, somebody ran up to me and said, oh, sir, sir, I want to tell you something. I said, what's that? He said, do you remember such and such a meeting four years ago? I said, I do. Where you said such and such, I said, I remember. Well, he said it was his daddy, that he had epilepsy, that he had had it for years, and that if he went without his medication for one week, he'll begin to have seizures. But it's been four years now, and he's not had a seizure, and he's not needed any medication. Obviously, it worked. You see, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Praise God. It's the anointing. I remember another time, I was getting ready for a meeting, just preparing, praying in the spirit, just praying in the spirit, meditating in the word. And all of a sudden, I had an audible voice, the audible authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost. It came, was loud on the inside of me. It 
I was as though someone stood behind me and spoke over my shoulder. And then the voice called somebody's name. I'd never heard that name before. Both the first name and the last name. I heard it. And then I, I, as soon as the voice called the name, then by an inward revelation, by an inward revelation, I just knew when you get to that meeting tonight, call that individual out. And this and this and this and this is exactly what I wanted to tell them. All right. I didn't forget it. Amen. I got to the meeting. Before I started preaching or doing anything, I just spoke it out. I said, well, uh, is there anybody here who bears such and such a name? Somebody lifted up a hand. She said, that's my name. That's my first name. That's my last name. I said, well, I've never heard your name before. While I was praying, this is what happened. I said, come right up. Well, the lady came up because it wasn't really anybody's business for uh, what the Lord would have me to tell her. So I said it to her quietly. Amen. There's discretion with these things. That was a Thursday night. Well, by Sunday, she had a testimony because it had come to pass. Why did it come to pass? Was it because I said it? No. It was because the Spirit of God was in on it. So I'm just saying all this to say that the Spirit of God moves in some of these ways. And there's such a thing about us learning to yield to him, learning to respond to him, and contending for the move of the Spirit. Now, in that John 7, 37 to 39, the Bible is talking about the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, particularly the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You see, water, Bible scholars agree, is a type of the Holy Ghost. And just like water flows, rivers flow, amen, the moving of God's Spirit, there's a flowing to it. There's a flowing to it. And there's such a thing about us learning to flow with the Spirit of God, learning to move with the Spirit of God, Amen. So we have to contend for these things. We have to contend for the supernatural. We have to contend for the move of the Spirit. If the Lord Jesus said to Brother Hagin that that move will be lost if we are not led into it, if it's not taught, well, it's still true today. We need to teach about these things. Praise God. Yes, we're word people, and we ought to put the word first. But you see, it takes the Holy Ghost to teach us the word. It takes the Holy Ghost to open up the word of God to us. I like the way someone put it. The person said, just the word and you might dry up. Just the spirit and you might blow up. But with the word and the spirit, you get to grow up. Amen. You see, the Holy Ghost inspired the Bible in the first place. And he's the teacher of the Bible. And if we follow the principles of Bible interpretation and let scripture interpret scripture and with the help of the Holy Ghost, the word of God becomes taught and unveiled to us. And also, the Holy Ghost is the agency that enables us to do the work of the ministry. Thank God for the preaching of God's word, the teaching of God's word. Thank God for the place of faith, and that's primary. The just shall live by faith. But some people will never be healed except there's a manifestation of the Spirit. Some people will never be healed except uh, it's through some of these things that God initiates by himself. You see, God reserves the right of divine sovereignty to do whatever he wants to do, Whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it, provided it does not violate his word. God works with his word. So the spirit and the word agree. If it is of the Holy Ghost, it will magnify Jesus. It will confirm the written word of God. It will line up with the written word of God. But you see, it takes both of them. The word first, we have to put the word first, and then the Holy Ghost. So in talking about contending for the move of God's spirit, what are certain things that will enable us to flow with the Holy Ghost? What are certain things that will enable us not to lose out on this move of the Holy Ghost? Well, maybe three things. I just uh, seem to feel impressed in my heart to 
emphasize to us this evening. Number one, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 1, the Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. So the first thing I'll say is this. We need knowledge of the things of the Holy Spirit. We need knowledge about the things of the Holy Spirit. And that's why these things need to be taught. The person of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in the new birth, the Holy Spirit in the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, manifestations of the Spirit. God does not want us ignorant about the things of and pertaining to the Holy Ghost. He wants us to be informed. Amen. And that's why we need to study about these things. That's why we need to learn about these things. That's why we also need to teach about these things. Later on in that chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 2 says, Ye know that you are Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. It says, Wherefore I give you to understand, verse 3, that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. It says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Differences of administrations were the same Lord. Diversities of operations were the same God that walketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man who profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing. Actually in the Greek both are plural. The gifts of healings as it is in the 28th verse. By the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. It says, but all these worketh, that one of the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, those are nine different ways the spirit of God manifests himself. Usually we group them, we say three of them are revelation gifts. We say three of them are power gifts. We say three of them are utterance gifts. The revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, descending of spirits, the power gifts, special faith, walking of miracles, gifts of healings. And then the utterance gifts or the vocal gifts or the inspirational gifts, the gift of prophecy, uh, and then the gift of tongues and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. Now, we need to know what these are. We need to know how to respond to them. The more we teach about them, the more we're going to see them. Now, the Corinthian church... They, Paul said they came behind in no gift. And it's interesting that Paul will write to a church that came behind in no gift of the Spirit and tell them that I don't want you to be ignorant about the things of the Spirit. You see, they also had an abuse. The only way there won't be an abuse if there's proper teaching. You see, I'd rather have a little wildfire, fanaticism and excess with the Holy Ghost moving than have nothing at all. Amen. You know, if there's even some wildfire, there are usually enough wet blankets to put it out. Praise the Lord. So you see, we need to teach about those things. We need to study about those things. If you're a minister of the gospel, when last did you teach in your church about the gifts of the Spirit? When last did you teach about these things? We need to teach about them regularly. If you ask the average believer, what are the gifts of the Spirit? He could tell you tweeting, and then he could tell you about Instagram, that that is his gift of the Spirit. He could tell you Facebooking. I mean, there's such ignorance about these things that exist in the church today, in the church world. So we need to teach about them. Amen. Those manifestations of the Spirit, <laughs> those movings of the Holy Ghost. Remember one time I was about to close a meeting, and then um, 
I'll stick in the closing prayer. When suddenly, on the inside of me, I heard the Holy Ghost say, there's a lady here with an ovarian cyst. So I stopped, opened my eyes. I stopped the prayer. I said, who's the lady with the ovarian cyst? Well, right on the first row, on my left, somebody lifted up a hand. The lady was there. She said, she's got an ovarian cyst. Well, I said, the Lord will have me tell you you're healed. And that was it. Well, the next day, she went to the hospital, did a scan. They checked it. They couldn't find it. It had disappeared. Well, what was that? That was a manifestation of the Spirit. So sometimes the Spirit of God initiates those things. Like we see in John chapter 5, if we read from verse 1 to 10, how by the pool of Bethesda, an angel will come at a certain season and trouble the water. And then the first person who got into the water got healed. Not the second, not the third, just one, the first. And then we also know that the angel didn't follow any particular set pattern. If, it was a, if there was a pattern to it, people wouldn't be there all the time. There were five porches, five sheds of sick people. They were waiting for the troubling of the water. It wasn't like the thing got troubled every Thursday or the thing got troubled once is Monday night. Uh, and then who will be there all the time? We'll just wait for it to be Monday morning and go and position ourselves close to the water so we'll get in before anybody else. But apparently the angel didn't run on any particular set pattern. See, that's the thing about the Holy Ghost. There's a slight element of unpredictability to it. Now, not unpredictability in the sense that it will violate the word. It never will. But you see, the Bible says the wind bloweth as it listeth. And now here is the sound thereof in John 3. You can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going to. The Bible says, so is everyone who's born of the Spirit. It's just something about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Something about his suddenness. Just suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. But you see, we're going to have a lot more of those suddenlies when we know about these things. When these things are taught, when these things are taught, prophecy, for instance, is inspired utterance in a known language. Uh, tongues is inspired utterance in an unknown language. The interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in tongues. <laughs> yes, it'll happen. A little here, a little there. A step here, a step there. And then it'll gather momentum like a mighty force. Some have uh, wondered this move of the spirit, this revival that we're anticipating in these last days, how is it going to happen? How is it going to come? Is it going to come just suddenly? Is it going to be something different, something we've never known, something we've never seen? Nay, said the Lord. He's just going to gather momentum. Just the same things we've seen in yesteryears. For I'm the Lord and I do not change. But what is happening is this. There's a hastening. There's a quickening. And then there's an accelerating as well. For there's a harvest that needs to be reaped. <laughs> there's a work that needs to be done. And so the Spirit of God is endowing men and women. He's unctionizing them with divine ability, with divine energy. And as the body of Christ as a whole will yield and respond to God's spirit, we'll see that there aren't meant to be any unused members of the body, but with all of us putting our hands on the plow and doing the work of the master, then this harvest of souls of the lost will be reaped and then the Lord will come and great indeed shall be our rejoicing and great shall be the harvest. Amen. Well, what was that? That was tongues and interpretation. Amen. You see, there's such a thing as teaching and then demonstrating what is being taught by the Spirit of God. Doubt. Doubt is the thief, is the thief of God's greater blessings. Fear and doubt, they go together. Fear of the unknown, fear of tomorrow. 
Fear of the unseen, fear of the uncertain. Don't let that fear, don't let it linger. Don't let that fear, don't let it cheat you. Don't let it rob you, but refuse to fear. For the Holy Writ declares that God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a mind that is sound. And so speak to fear and tell it to go. And speak to doubt and tell it to go as well. But instead, faith and love which come down from the Father above. Faith and love, for that's what we're made of. Walk in faith and live in love. And so you'll see that the enemy will dissipate. His power will, will disappear. And his influence in your affairs, in your finances will be gone. And you'll have much cause to be glad. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we need to know about those manifestations. And now we're going to know about them by teaching more about them, by studying more about them, by finding out more about them. Praise God. And then you see, still talking about knowledge of the things of God's spirit and that being so important if we're going to contend for the move of the spirit. Just like there are spiritual manifestations, those nine ways the spirit of God manifests himself, there are also physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you see, those things need to be taught as well. There are physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can demonstrate himself physically. I'm thinking now about one meeting I was in. It was a believer's meeting. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, it says, how is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. The Bible says, let all things be done unto edifying. So it was one of such meetings. At Pioneer, they worked way back in 92. And then we gathered this day uh, for this believers meeting. We, you know, was in that kind of atmosphere. And all of a sudden, as we were, you know, the body edifying itself, all of us in such an atmosphere, someone will give a message in tongues, another person will give an interpretation, someone will give a psalm, someone will give a revelation, someone will say something the Lord showed them. It was that kind of a meeting, you know, was just us believers. All of a sudden, Something unusual happened. A cloud came and came upon us, descended upon us, above us. A few people saw it. And, um, but this everybody experienced. People noticed that when they lifted up their hands, there was electricity that was in the atmosphere just above their heads. They had an electric shock. Everybody that tried to put their hand up had an electric shock. Different people said that. Well, what caused that? It was that glory. It was that glory. Remember one of the first times I saw that cloud? It was, um, this uh, was 1991. I was in a meeting, actually earlier that year, uh, uh, earlier in, in 19, 1990, 1990, 1990, late 1990, I saw it again. But early of 1990, I was in a meeting, and all of a sudden, uh, this meeting was in Oritamefa Baptist Church, and um, there was a certain international speaker who was preaching, and as he was preaching, there was this friend of mine. His name is Shion. He might even be watching right now. He's in the UK. Uh, as he was by my side, I was doing a holiday job in my dad's department. I, we found a way to sneak out and come for that meeting. All of a sudden, I tapped Shion on the side. I said, Shion, Shion, look at that. Look at that. Look, can you see that cloud? I saw a cloud. It hung above the heads of some people in the crowd. I saw it with my eyes open. I saw a cloud. So I called him, can you see that? Can you see that? I just whispered it in his ears. I was seated way back. When all of a sudden, almost the same time, that speaker pointed in that exact direction. He said, that's the glory of God right there. And at that instance, everybody where that cloud was just fell flat. Everybody at the same time just went down. Well, what was that? 
It was that glory of God. You see, there are physical demonstrations. The Spirit of God can demonstrate himself physically. The glory of God can manifest visibly in a cloud. You see, sometimes people talk about the glory, and they say the glory is money. That one of the principles of Bible interpretation is the principle of first mention. That the first time any word is used in the Bible, whatever it meant, has to be included in all the other interpretations. Well, and I understand that. I'm talking about Jacob and the glory and wealth and everything. But listen, there is more to the glory of God than just wealth. Thank God he's not a poor God, he's a rich God. Thank God he wants to supply all our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But let me tell you something. There's something about the power of God. There's something about the demonstration of the spirit of God that money cannot buy. Wigglesworth used to say this. He said, I'd rather have the Holy Ghost on me 10 minutes than own the whole world with a fence around it. Praise God. I was in another meeting later of in 1990. This was in December. There was a certain minister in Lagos now pastoring a church. He had a healing line. He was laying hands on folks. When all of a sudden I saw that cloud again, it just hung above the heads of those people. When I did, I just kept it to myself and I was watching. Almost instantly, everybody where that cloud was just fell down at the same time. Amen. That glory. See, when the glory is present, things happen. Without anybody laying hands on anybody, without anybody praying for anybody. One time in healing school in the U.S., Rema USA, Brother Higgin was teaching this afternoon. There had been one individual, one lady, she had a, something with her thyroid gland. While they were operating on it, a tumor, they accidentally slit our esophagus. Now, they had operated again and again to make the correction. They couldn't make it. So she hadn't been able to eat solid food for about six months. There was a tube that was connected uh, to her mouth, that was, and she was fed some baby milk through the tube. She, all of a sudden, one of those days, Brother Higgin just said, he was talking along these lines, and he just said this, he said, the glory is here, the glory is here, I don't need to lay a hand on anyone, the glory is here. And that lady just pulled that tube off her, her neck and said, and I take my healing too. She went across the road and had a Mexican dinner. Well, you're bound to be healed if you could have a Mexican dinner. Uh, not having taken anything solid for six months. She, she, the lady was healed. Amen. You see, what? that's what the glory does. That's what the power of God in manifestation does. You see, the Bible says that Jesus was raised from the dead. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And then the same Bible says in Romans 6, 4 that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. By the glory of the Father. Amen. You see, the glory of God is the spirit of God. In manifestation, his manifest presence, his manifest presence, amen. Thank God for manifestations of that glory. See, what's that? It's a physical demonstration of the spirit of God. And the spirit of God can demonstrate himself physically. Ah, are there other ways he does that? Sure. Now, sometimes people ask, what makes you guys just laugh like you do without any uh, laughing gas, without any stimulus. Why do you just laugh? What's that laughing thing about? Well, I asked the fellow, I said, can you read? If you can't, I can read it to you. Psalm 126 from verse 1 to 3. The Bible says there that when the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion says we were like them that dream. Says then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Says then said they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for us. 
So sometimes the spirit. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You know, it says they were singing. <laughs> it says that our mouths were filled with laughter. 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 Psalm 2 verse 4. The Bible says, he that seateth in the heavens shall laugh. So it's scriptural. It's a demonstration of the spirit of God. See, 1 Peter 1.8 talks about joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, if it's unspeakable, there's bound to be some way to express it. And one of the ways we express it is, 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 <laughs> oh, glory to God. Glory to God. So that's why we laugh. That's why we laugh. We're not at a frowning religion. The Bible says a wicked man hardeneth his face. We're the righteousness of God. We're not the wicked. The Bible says a merry heart. Proverbs 17, 22. Do as good like a medicine. Glory to God. What about, what about laughing away those symptoms? Just laughing them away. Amen. Just laughing in the devil's face. Telling the devil, Mr. Devil, listen up. I've got the victory. I'm not trying to get it. I'm not praying for it. I've got the victory. I've got the victory. Wow, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Wow, glory to God. I've got the victory. I've got the victory. Wow, glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So, we laugh sometimes. Amen. And then we dance. Psalm 149 verse 3. Psalm 150 verse 4. The Bible talks about praising God in the dance. Praising God in the dance. The Bible talks about how David danced before the Lord with all of his might. Well, that wife of his, she began to make fun of him. And she stayed barren the rest of her life. Praise God. See, the things of God are not to be trifled with. Praise God. There's a reverence that you have about the things of God's spirit. There's a honor we should give to the things of God's spirit. Amen. So sometimes, 
He comes on us and we begin to dance. Now, David had to dance before the Lord because he wasn't in the Lord. The Lord was not in him. But in the new covenant, Philippians 3.3, the Bible says we are the circumcision that worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in the flesh. Glory to God. We have that circumcision. Our spirits have been reborn. In the Old Testament, all their praise and worship was in the flesh. They couldn't do any better. They weren't in the spirit. Their spirits were not recreated. But you see, in the new covenant, worship is to be in spirit and in truth. And one of the ways we express New Testament worship, yes, there's a place of us lifting up our holy hands without wrath and doubting. There's a place of us giving thanks to the Lord with our voices, lifting up our voices. The Bible says by him, let us offer to God, Philippians 13, 15, the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Glory to God. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we do that, but also sometimes we laugh, sometimes we dance. You see, uh, a church, we are the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Amen. The Bible says that God has given us the, the garment of praise in the place of the spirit of heaviness. Thank God for the oil of gladness, the anointing to rejoice. Amen. The Holy Ghost is in us. See, joy is part of the fruit of the born-again human spirit. And we can just stir it up. We can stir up joy on the inside of us. We can stir up the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. We can rejoice in the face of the tests, in the face of the trials, in the face of adverse circumstances, in the face of this whole COVID-19 pandemic. We look the devil in the face. We say, devil, was that your best shot? Is that all you've got? Well, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. My father is greater than all in all these things. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thanks be unto God who always causes us a triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Glory to God. So we rejoice. So those are physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Laughing in the spirit. Dancing in the spirit. Rejoicing in the spirit. We read in 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 46. How the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And Elijah outran the king's chariots. So sometimes the Holy Ghost comes on people and they run. We read about Jehu. How the guy was furious. He, he, he was so fast he was furious. You see the Holy Ghost could come upon us. And he could come upon us in the run. In the dance. Praise God. See these kind of things are meant to be commonplace in the church. Now, do I mean every service is to be like that? Not necessarily. There may be times that's not how the Holy Ghost wants to move in the meeting. There may be times the purpose of the meeting is that it's a teaching service. Well, thank God, then there's teaching. Purpose of the meeting may be that it's a prayer meeting. Well, thank God we stay with the purpose of the meeting. Purpose of the meeting may be it's a worship service. Thank God we stay with the purpose of the meeting. But you know, sometimes there are divine interruptions. We can get so uh, caught up in our program that we program the Holy Ghost out of our meetings. We program the Holy Ghost out of our churches. You know, we say, well, we don't want that kind of a thing. Let everything just be like this. Let it just be like that. And we may just as well write Ichabod and put it at the signboard of our churches because then the Holy Ghost has left. Amen. It's his thing. It's his temple. Smith Eaglesworth said, if the Holy Ghost never moves in an assembly, you want to wonder whether he's there. Now, of course, if believers are there, the Holy Ghost is there. But you see, we can so grieve him that he doesn't manifest himself. He wants to manifest himself. 
He wants to demonstrate himself. But you see, ignorance about these things exists. And that's why, like I said, the first thing is knowledge. Knowledge. We need to know. Know about those things. Physical demonstrations of the spirit, the glory cloud. Amen. We need to teach about these things. Brother Higgins said sometimes in his meetings he would see that cloud rolling in. He said sometimes, there was one particular time the cloud was rolling in. He waited until it hung right above the people in the healing line. Then when it did, their eyes were shut. He just waved his hand. All of them fell down like a pack of cards, like dominoes, instantly. They didn't know. They didn't know. He just waved his hand and they all fell at the same time. And they were healed. His son-in-law at that time, Reverend Buddy Harrison, was helping him to catch the people in the healing line. Uh, he fell himself. You know, it was serious. He couldn't get up. He had to roll away from where that cloud was. Brother Higgin talked about another meeting. He said it was with Gerard Goodwin. And then he said that glory cloud came rolling in. And then he was trying to steady himself. He held on to Brother Goodwin. He said the moment he touched Brother Goodwin, he said both of them got thrown away. They got carried and thrown uh, many feet in different directions. You see, we should have those kind of things. Falling under the power. That's a physical demonstration of the Holy Ghost. When they came to arrest Jesus, he said, who do you seek? He said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I'm he. The Bible says they became as dead men. You see the dead man before? Was he on his feet? No, he was flat on the ground. When the angel, the, the angel, the, those guys saw the angel, they fell over backwards. Glory to God. So you see, these things are physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. What's their purpose? They are signs and wonders. They get people's attention. See, there's a world out there that's lost, that's in need of salvation. Manifestations of the Holy Ghost are part of the equipment that God has given to us for what purpose? Primarily, a supernatural advertisement for the gospel. And for media, let's use it the best we can. And for, you want lights, blue lights, yellow lights, white lights, red lights, neon lights, get any kind of lights you want. You want, uh, you want all those effects. I don't have a problem with them. But this is what I have a problem with. If we are now not contending for the move of the spirit. See, nothing can take the place of the supernatural. One miracle in the name of Jesus can silence a thousand dead sermons. 1 Corinthians 4.20. Paul said the kingdom of God is not in word. He said it's in power. Not in mere words. Mere rhetorics. Not enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration. Demonstration. Remember while I was on campus, uh, as, as a young boy, preacher, a teenage boy, you know, on university campus, uh, there was once, there was this regulation about people not preaching, preaching should be done only in a certain place, some facilities shouldn't be used. So we're using one of those facilities, the authorities at that time, due to certain things that were happening in the campus that uh, didn't want us to use it. So while the meeting was going on, they sent some security people to come and stop it. Now, I didn't know any of this. One of those security, two of them came in. By the Spirit of God, uh, there was a certain problem one of them was having, long-standing problem. He hadn't been able to have a child because of that problem. Spirit of God told me what his problem was and had me minister to him, you know, and he was instantly healed, instantly healed. He got, uh, I found out later, God turned that situation around. You know what he told me after the meeting? He said, you know something, anytime you want to do meeting, do meeting. We will not stop you. You will not have any problem. Please, be doing meeting. Be doing meeting. We like these kind of meetings. This kind of, this is power. This is power. My life is changed. I've been healed. Amen. 
So you see, God moves through these things first to confirm the word of God so that the lost can come and get saved. And second, so that the body of Christ can be edified. There are people that need ministry. There are people that are hurt. There are people that need answers. There are people that need answers. There are long-standing issues sometimes. You see, there's such a rise in occultism. People going to meet DBS, Pentecostal, tongue-talking people, going to meet prophets, so-called prophets. Why? Because they're looking for answers. And because they didn't see the answer in their church. But thank God there are spirit-filled churches. Thank God there are strong local churches today that flow in the supernatural. And God wants us to have many more of such churches. Amen. So spiritual manifestations of the spirit as well as physical demonstrations of the spirit. We need to know about them. And how are we going to know if we teach about these things, if we study about these things, if we learn about these things. You see, for instance, on the day of Pentecost, read in Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. Where the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost is fully come, they were all together one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then we read about the reaction of the people, Cretes and Arabians, who do hear them speak in their own tongues, the wonderful works of God, and so on. Well, others mocking said, these are uh, full of new wine. Well, in verse 14, the Bible says, Peter, standing with 11, said, these are not drunk as he supposed. Notice that Peter didn't say these are not drunk. He only said they are not drunk as you suppose. If all they did on the day of Pentecost was to speak in tongues, we know from 1 Corinthians 14, 21, 22, where the Bible says if we all come together and we're all speaking in tongues, and those who are unlearned come, they'll say we're mad. But these guys didn't say we're mad. Uh, they, they were mad. These guys said they were drunk. Why did they think they were drunk? They must have done some of the things that drunk people do. You know, drunk men stagger. Amen. Drunk men rejoice. Amen. Drunk men, they laugh. So they must have acted like drunk people. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We can get intoxicated on the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. So those things need to be taught. The more we teach about them, the more we're going to see them. Well, second thing, if we're going to contend for the move of the Spirit, we'll need to pray. Prayer and worship. Prayer and worship. Those are very primary. Those are very important. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1. The Bible says, ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. It says, and he will make bright clouds and give showers of rain to every one grass in the field. See, God will not tell us to ask him for what he wasn't willing to give us. He won't tell us. So if God tells us to ask him, then he wants to give us. He's not mean. He's not wicked. And he's told us to ask for rain so we can pray. The Bible says in the time of the latter rain. See, rain is a type of the Holy Ghost. Remember in Acts 10, 44 to 46, while Peter yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell. The Holy Ghost falls like the rain. Amen. So we're to ask for manifestations of the Spirit. We can pray about those things like they did in the early church in Acts chapter 4 from verse 23 to 31. They said, uh, uh, being let go, the Bible says they went back to their own company. 
reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. When they had heard, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, O Lord, thou art God, who has made the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why do the heathen rage? The people imagine a vain thing. Kings of the earth stood up, rulers are gathered against thy child, thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, for to do what thy counsel had determined before to be done. Said, And now, Lord, verse 29, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were all assembled together. It says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. You see, they prayed there, and they prayed, they said, Lord, behold their threatenings. That was all they said about the threatenings. They, they didn't magnify the threatenings. They started by magnifying God. Then they reminded him of his word, who by the mouth of thy servant David, they were quoting Psalm 2. So they went to the word of God, quoted the word of God to God, took his word back to him. Then they just said, you see, behold their threatenings. But this is what we've come for. Grant us boldness to speak your word. You see, that's something every preacher needs. That's something you need to pray for your pastor. That's something, as a minister, you need to pray for yourself. Paul in talking to the church at Ephesus, he said, and for me, that utterance, Ephesians 6.19, may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, that I may make it manifest as I ought to. But notice, not only did they pray for boldness, they said, and grant unto thy servants, not boldness, I will may speak thy word. He said, and by stretching forth thy hand to heal, then they prayed that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. See, by this time in the early church, Paul hadn't come with the revelation of 1 Corinthians 12. They didn't know these things as gifts of the Spirit. They just knew them as signs and wonders. So they prayed for signs and wonders. So it's scriptural to pray for signs and wonders. Now, was uh, that prayer answered? Certainly. That day, that place shook. You know, sometimes people shake and fall under the power of God. Wait until a building begins to shake under the power of God. The building shook. The place shook. Well, you get to the next chapter, verse 12. The Bible says, By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders done among the people. Acts 5, 12. Verses 15 and 16. He says, In so much that they put the sick on beds and couches, those that were vexed with demons, that at least the shadow of Peter passing might overshadow them. And as many as his shadow fell on were healed. Now, that's signs and wonders. So that prayer was answered. The sick, they got healed. In answer to that prayer, listen, just like we've heard in the prayer clinics during this meeting, we need to pray. We need to birth the purposes of God through prayer. James 5, 7. The Bible says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. It says, The husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and he has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. This whole COVID thing, we can get... Uh, distracted and be saying that, oh, maybe this is about to happen and that is about to happen and that is about to happen. My guy, leave all that alone. Let's go get the lost saved. What's going to bring Jesus is when every people group. You see, in Revelation 5, verses 9 and 10, the Bible tells us that every kindred, every tribe, every nation, every people group will be represented in heaven. Uh, Matthew 24, 14, he says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. We need to get the gospel out. We need to get busy reaching the lost. We need to get busy building the church. Don't let's just be saying, oh, maybe Jesus is about to come. Maybe Jesus is about to come. 
You see, who determines when Jesus comes is not Jesus, it's us. He's waiting. There's something keeping him. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And you see, this is why God told Brother Hagin to start Ramah. So that that precious fruit can be reaped. So that ministers can be trained. There is a big picture. And we must keep the, we must keep the finish line before our eyes. See, thank God for Holy Ghost meetings. Thank God for a meeting like this. The purpose of a Holy Ghost meeting is just, not just so we jump and shout and have a good time by ourselves. In Acts 1.8, the Bible says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. For what purpose? It says, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. So it's about witnessing. It's about reaching the lost. It's about getting the work done. Let's get our hands on the plow. Let's pray in, pray out, pray through the plan of God so that his purposes can be done on the earth. So prayer, prayer, moves of God are birthed through prayer. As a university undergraduate, I witnessed a move of God's spirit. Tremendous. I've seen a few in my lifetime so far. A few remarkable moves of God's spirit. I saw one while I was in secondary school. I was in a service. Somebody's leg grew out right before my eyes. Secondary school boy. You know, that would make an impression on you. The first time I saw a dead person brought back to life, I was a secondary school boy. That would make an impression on you. Someone clinically dead. Brought back to life after prayer is offered in the name of Jesus. I mean, you won't forget that in a hurry. Someone comes to tell me that the gospel is not real. I tell them you came too late. I've seen evidence of the gospel. I've seen raw demonstrations of the power of God. I've seen limbs grow out. Amen. I've seen it with my two eyes, before my eyes. I've seen those things happen. Seeing people get off wheelchairs. Seeing uh, deaf ears unstopped. Seeing blind eyes opened. You see, those things are to confirm the gospel. But this is it. I got in the university. About the first year, I just had a burden in my heart just to pray. I didn't know why. I didn't know what it was about. But there was just something that took a hold of me. And it was like, I just have to pray. I just have to pray. So I would spend hours on end on a daily basis. There was just that burden. Little did I know. Well, I wasn't the only one that had that burden. There were other people too in the same campus that had the same burden. And they were responding to that burden. What were we doing? We were praying out God's plan. Just about a year or two after, three years after, we witnessed a strong demonstration of the Spirit of God. I'm thinking now about one service. You know, when the keyboard began to play and nobody was on it, we heard it. Yeah, yeah, we were there. I was there. It happened. Some of the people who are in that service, some of them are watching me right now. They may even want to type there, I was in that service. Amen. I, 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 I witnessed that. I remember uh, one lady, she fell under the power, just a little girl, frail body in her 20s. Now, three strong, hefty guys, we couldn't lift her off the floor. She was glued to the ground. Yeah. You see, those things happen because people pray. Moves of God are birthed in the place of prayer. There's, there are things God wants to do at this time. Don't let's get distracted by COVID. Don't let's get distracted by, you know, uh, the economy and all those things. Yes, they're important. Yes, we need to apply ourselves to them. But let's keep our eyes on the ball. There is a work to be done. There's a harvest to be reaped. We're going to keep our focus right. We're going to keep putting out the word of God. We're going to keep reaching out to the lost. We're going to keep training believers. We're going to keep edifying the body. Praise God. These things are birthed in the place of prayer. Moves of God are birthed in the place of prayer. 
Smith Eaglesworth, someone asked him one time, they said, how come? What's the secret of your power? This is a man that raised at least 23 people from the dead in his lifetime. He said, how did you do that? He had revival in every continent. He said, what's the secret? Well, he said, I edify myself two hours in tongues in the afternoon. And I go to the meeting at night and I edify the people. See, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. The Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Glory to God. Let's get back to good old praying in tongues. Praying for hours on end in tongues. Let's pray like in tongues as if it's about to go out of fashion because it's about to go out of fashion. When we get to heaven, we'll be able to do it. So pray in tongues. Pray in tongues so that when you get to heaven, when Paul is saying, I thank my God, I speak with tongues, he won't be able to add more than you. <laughs> Amen. Let's give ourselves to breathing God's purpose, breathing God's plan, praying out God's moves, praying out what God wants done on the earth. There are things that God wants done that are stalled, that haven't happened because we haven't prayed them through. So you see, people have built spiritual air castles, saying that God is the one who's in control of everything. You know, if this happens, it's God. God has his purpose. That's a lie. That's a big fat lie. The devil is the God of this world. If you say God is in control, yes, you're correct. He's in control of himself. He has self-control. But if you mean he's in control of what's happening on the earth, you are wrong. This pandemic is not God. It's not God. God didn't send it. He said, but he allowed it. Yes, because man allowed it. The heavens belong to the Lord. The earth is given to the sons of man. Adam committed high treason. And then Satan became the God of this world. And he began his reign of tyranny on the earth. So because of Adam's transgression, some of these things are just consequences of the fall. But thank God for a glorious hope we have ahead of us. And that's why we need to pray and solicit heaven's cooperation on the earth. Prayer, it's important. Birthing God's moves. James 5.16 in the Amplified Classic, it says the continued earnest heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Amen. We can make power available. John G. Lake, he said this. He said, tongues is the making of my ministry. That was a man that in South Africa from 1907 to 1912, he established 500 churches. He left that place. There were 100,000 converts. He went to Spokane, Washington. That city became the healthiest city in the United States. They documented another 100,000 healings. Outstanding, just ridiculous, ridiculous manifestations of God's power. There was one man one time, the man's leg had decayed. You could put one finger in and it would come out the other side. Lake laid hands on that leg and the leg was healed instantly. A, 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 a little child, the, 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 the skull was deformed, shaped like a whore. Lake laid hands on the skull bone and it softened under his hand and remolded it and it had him back up. That's the power of God. Amen. See, when you can do those kind of things, well, I'll listen to you. Praise God. We need the power in demonstration, in manifestation. And we're not going to have it except we contend for it. You see, God is not a miser. God is not hoarding manifestations of the Spirit. They don't need creative miracles in heaven. They don't need the word of knowledge in heaven. They don't need manifestations of the Spirit in heaven. They don't need those things there. It's here that we need them. You know, we say these things as the Spirit of God wills, and that's the truth. But the Spirit of God is willing a whole lot more than we are yielding. There are more things he wants to do than what we are allowing him to do. So prayer, and then, like I said, and worship. There's something about worshiping God. 
See, Psalm 22 verse 3 says, God inhabits our praises. He inhabits our praises. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 12 through to 14, we see as the, uh, the, those singers, musicians, they were as one in making one sound to be heard. The Bible says the place was filled with a cloud. Glory to God. God's glory rolled in as we were praising him in one accord, worshiping him in one accord. You see, there's something about worshiping God. The modern day charismatics, we know a little bit about praising God, but we know next to nothing about real worship. See, there's a lightness of this world we've brought into the modern church. A spirit of hey, ho, hey, and hippopure kind of spirit. We brought that lightness into the world. We brought the clapping, you know, into the worship of God. Listen, clapping is not praise. Clapping is not worship. Clapping is applause. Now, is there a place for clapping in a service? Certainly. We can clap for a guest speaker just to welcome him up. We can clap to keep tone with the music. That has its place. But clapping should be kept to a minimum. You see, the world claps, but saints lift up holy hands. See, there is a reverence, a reverence of God. See, reverence is actually key to God's manifest presence and power. The more we reverence him, you know, he sees some people say, let's give, the, let's give the man upstairs a wiper. Who are they talking to? Who are they talking about? The man upstairs. Is something wrong with them upstairs? We're talking about the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about the Father of spirits. We're talking about God Almighty. We're talking about the creator of the ends of the earth. See, the people that translated, uh, wrote the scriptures, the Old Testament, Anywhere the name God was, before they wrote it, they went to take a bath and change their clothes and then wrote it. If that, his name occurred 10 times, they had 10 baths. Just out of reverence for his person. There's a familiarity that we shouldn't have with God. Yes, we fellowship with him. But don't get to the place where see finish is doing you in your work with God. You just don't even want to give him a high five. Hey, God, how now? What's up, hey? How you day? Uh, how far do? How things day? No, 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 no. Yes, he's our father, but he's Father God. He's Father God. There's a reverence that will affect our conduct, that will affect what we do with our minds, that will affect what we do with our bodies, that will affect what we do with our lives. There's a reverence, there's a worship. A worship of God. You notice in Acts 13, verses 1 and 2, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. In that kind of an atmosphere, the Spirit of God can move. So, prayer and worship. And lastly, earnest desire. Earnest desire. Earnest desire. So, I said, number one, we need to know about the things of God's Spirit. Number two, prayer and worship. If we're going to contend for the move of the Spirit of God, if we're going to see more manifestations of God's power, if we're going to see more manifestations of God's glory, we need a prayer and worship. And then number three, earnest desire. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. The Bible says, Covet earnestly the best gifts, yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Worrell's translation of that says, Earnestly desire the greater gifts. Earnestly desire. So there's an earnest desire. 1 Corinthians 14.1, the Bible says, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So there's such a thing as an earnest desire. If you are satisfied with where you are with God, it's fine. 
If you are satisfied with your powerlessness, God is satisfied with you. If that's where you are, he won't force himself on you. He's a gentleman. But let me tell you something. There's a whole lot more in God than we are seeing. There's a whole lot more in God than we have imagined. There's a whole lot more in God. God wants to do a whole lot more, a whole lot more. And look, we're to earnestly, earnestly, earnestly desire these things. If you're a pastor, you can birth a hunger for manifestations of the Spirit, for the move of the Spirit in your church members. How? Whet their appetite. Just whet their appetite. Tell them what is possible. Tell them these things are for us today. Tell them some stories of certain things. Whet their appetite. You can, by teaching more about it, by talking more about it, by explaining more about it, by talking about the need for it, by letting them see what has happened, what could happen, what will happen. Amen. Earnest desire. Earnest desire. Now, many prayers for moves of God are not answered because they are selfish. Folks are praying, God, oh, we want to see your move. We want to see your power. But really, what they're really saying is, God, use me. Oh. I, must do, uh, I, 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 I must never carry last. Oh. Use me. Oh. Listen, I could care less who he uses. As long as God's will is done, hmm, the name of Jesus is glorified, and lives are blessed, I'm satisfied. We must pray with that kind of heart. It's not about trying to be, look, if you're looking for fame, if you're looking for fortune, if you get money-minded, you'll lose the anointing. If you get looking after fame, you'll get yourself all messed up. It has to be about Jesus. It has to be about his name magnified. And it has to be about people. It has to be about lives being changed. But you see, there's a place as when as a local church, your local body where you worship, or local bodies of believers, or as the body of Christ collectively, when, as a body of believers, we covet these manifestations, we covet them. Somebody said, you'd rather have fake tongues and interpretation in his church and have nothing at all. Now, that's desire. As in, you are hungry. You, are, you encourage every flame of fire. You, are, you, are, you, you covet it seriously. You covet it badly. You want, to do, you want to see it so much, you are ready to pay any price. Yes, I know Jesus paid the price. But for us, through his death, burial, and resurrection, his blood. But you see, there are also things we need to do. There's a pressing in. There's a pressing in. There's a pressing in. There's a separation. When we consecrate ourselves like we should, we're going to see a multiplicity as well as a restoration of certain things we saw in yesteryears. But there's a whole lot more. There's a whole lot more that God wants to show us. As I begin to bring this to an end, let's contend for the move of the Spirit. Let's contend for manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Let's contend for those things. Let's contend for those things. Let's contend for those things. Someone, you have a heart arrhythmia. You're healed right now in the name of Jesus. Let's contend for those things, for moves of God's Spirit. One time in Kethe Kuman's meeting, there was this man. He was in the meeting. He came to gather evidence against divine healing that these things are not real. While he was there, Miss Kuman, the man had a pacemaker in his heart. Miss Kuman pointed in his direction, said, there's a man. You've got this. You've got this heart condition. You have a pacemaker helping your heart beat. The power of God is on you. You're healed. And you know, the pacemaker vanished, and the heart was healed. There was somebody who had a metal that had entered the eye, and the eye was, the eye was blind. The metal vanished. The eye started seeing you see, you can't, you, can't, you can't argue with some things. It's just like the man that Jesus healed by the pool of Bethesda. 
And they said, uh, who healed you? He says, Jesus. He said, uh, is he the Messiah? He said, look. They said, no, he must be a sinner. He said, all that one you people are saying, I don't know. This is what I know. I was blind. Now I see. And it was that man that ministered to me. Go and do your Turenchi, your uh, Turenchi Babu, Babu Turenchi. I don't understand all that, your big grammar. I was blind, but now I see. Demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Demonstrations of the power of God. When you preach in the church. Uh, the seminar, name of Jesus. And um, it's interesting. I told them, I said, well, on Sunday, I'm going to minister to the sick. And you're going to see the supernatural. If you've never seen those things, make sure you don't miss that service. I just knew because of the power that's in the name, the authority that's in the name. Well, one boy, the boy was paralyzed. They brought him to the pulpit. As soon as they brought him, he couldn't stand. He fell. He couldn't stand. His legs couldn't hold his weight. So I asked them, I said, is this boy really crippled? Are we sure he's crippled? Is he one of the tricks preachers perform? Maybe I planned with the mother and with the family for us to do that trick. You know, I was bold about it. I said, does anybody know this family and know this situation? Because they knew the family. They knew the people. There were people ready to almost fight that. What are you talking about? You know, yes, we know. He's really crippled. We know he can't walk. He's paralyzed. And I said, okay, have you ever seen a miracle before? <laughs> Whoa, glory to God. I said, you want to see one right now? I said, just watch. I said, I'm not going to touch him so you won't think it was something that was transmitted as I touched. I'm just going to use the name of Jesus. Well, in 10 minutes' time, that boy and I were running in front of the platform in front of everybody. The power of God did that. And that Jesus is the same today. His power is the same today. There's power in that name. There's authority in that name. I was in Okene one time, preaching for someone, Pastor Matthew. He's in Abuja now. He's pastor in the church. He has this church in Okene also, that, which was where he started. I was preaching for him. And there was this lady also. She was paralyzed. They brought her to the meeting. And then the first day, about, at the end of the first day, one of me to minister to, to her. I told the lady, I said, you know something? I'm going to minister to you. Wait till Sunday. Hear more of God's word. I just wanted her to hear more of God's word so that our faith is built up. I said, I'm going to minister to the sick Sunday, you know, the, the main service on Sunday, at the end of the service, I minister to the sick, and you will be healed. Amen. Well, so they brought her, they carried her in uh, the, the Thursday, took her back Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I taught, taught on seven important things about divine healing. Then they carried her, well, ministered to her. Within a few minutes, the lady was running in front of the altar. <laughs> Whoa, she was running. I went with one brother, Lighton, who's in uh, Ibadan now. Uh, Pastor Lighton, he's in Ibadan now. He witnessed it. We went together. She was healed instantly. The name of Jesus did that. See, that name is still the same today. The power of God is still the same today. Wherever you are, under the sound of my voice, God wants you well. And today is your day for your miracle. Today is the day for you to receive from God. God has different ways, amen, that he does these things. Sometimes through manifestations of the spirit, like we've had some, we've had a sprinkling already. We had yesterday, we had on the uh, day before, we've had throughout these meetings. But you see, one of the ways God also works is through the laying on of hands. It's through the laying on of hands. Yes, I know there's a COVID pandemic. I know, you know, physical, social distancing and all that, those things are in place. But listen to some instructions I'm about to give. June the 1st of 1992. June the 1st of 1992 was a Monday. 
About 11.30 that Monday morning, I was doing some studying and praying. When all of a sudden, I don't know why I did what I did when I did it, about 11.30 a.m. that day, I happened to look out the window. When I did, at that moment, I saw the Lord Jesus walk into the house. We had a gate. I was upstairs. My bedroom faced the gate. Uh, it was on the, on, the, uh, on the west corner of the house. So I could see the gate. It had a white gate. I saw him walking into the house. It was like, what's this? My eyes were wide open. Then he came upstairs to my bedroom where I was. And then he beckoned on me, said to me, he said, let us go up at once. And then I had a sensation. I left my body. I was caught up. And then I was before God's throne. I saw some things before that throne. Most of it I've never spoken about. Well, he had me to kneel down. I knelt. We were tilted at an angle before the throne. Then he laid his right hand on my head. And he said to me, he said, I've called you specially and anointed you specially to do what I've called you to do. He said, now I want you to go in the strength of that call. Well, I've endeavored to do that ever since. Praise God. But just, um, I had some idea, at least to a good extent, what he was referring to. Uh, a, a few years earlier, 1989, January of 1989, January the 15th, January the 15th of 1989 was a Sunday. About 10 a.m. that Sunday morning, I had this voice speak up on the inside of me and say, there's an anointing on your hands to minister to the sick. You see, I, I, I will begin to feel this thing like a, 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 a tingling sensation, like a, a warmth, like a glow in both my hands. It was stronger in my left. My left hand is stronger than my right, but it was stronger in my left hand then. But I, I will begin to feel that. And then, you know, I didn't want to pay too much attention to it, so I just left it off. Uh, didn't pay much attention to it. A few weeks after, a minister walked up to me, said, the Lord spoke this to you. He said it exactly, what the Lord said to me. He said, you didn't want to take it seriously. He's asked me to tell you that he said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And he wants you to take it seriously. Well, the next year, the next year, December the 5th, December the 5th of 1991, in case you want to know, was a Thursday. Five minutes to midnight. Took some time out, three days prior, just to wait on the Lord. Five minutes to midnight, December 5 of 1991. That same voice, still small voice inside me, spoke up. And it said this. It said, from this night onwards, what is known in my word as the gift of faith, together with the discerning of spirits, when you are in the spirit, will be in very strong operation in your life. And that tangible anointing you minister under will come back to stay, and it will be a hundred times stronger. Well, it happened just like the Lord said. Very next day, when I ended up not having an appetite, prayed virtually the whole day, went for a prayer meeting about 7.45 p.m. That the next day, Friday, all of a sudden, as I was praying, I felt this thing like a cloak. Someone threw it on me, like a mantle. It wore on me. It was exactly my size. It seated on me. And then I was wondering, what's this? And then I had something like a creepy sensation in my spirit, something some odd-shaped something moving inside me. I sat down. What's going on? I was trying to figure it out. Then I felt something. It dropped. It came from up. It hit my right elbow first, then my left elbow. Just like if I had a, it hit you like that. That same sensation. That same feeling. So I was wondering, what's this? What, what, what was that? Then the next thing from both uh, my shoulders down to my palms, I had this sensation like there were tubes in them. And I could feel this thing like liquid electricity. That's the best way I know to describe it. It was 
it, it was like I held a life wire. I'm not saying I sensed it in the spirit. I didn't sense it in the spirit. I felt it in my body. It was perceptible to the touch. I couldn't stand it. My eyes, my eyeballs began to tingle. My body, my teeth began to rattle. I had to say, Lord, turn it off. Lord, turn it off. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. It was exactly like he said. It was a hundred times stronger. Now, I've laid hands with that power on several people. And I've seen them get healed. Now, did I heal one of them? No, I didn't heal one of them. I can't heal a fly. Jesus is the healer. And listen up. Healing is dear to the heart of God. Healing is dear to the heart of God. God wants you well. I've laid hands on handkerchiefs. They were taken to the sick. And I've seen, I've heard testimonies. The dead brought back to life. Uh, deaf ears opened. Uh, uh, HIV AIDS healed. Now, did I do any of it? I didn't do it. I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. Now, why am I saying this? If I don't say it, it won't work. Now, I know there's the COVID restriction. And we may not be able to gather physically. So you, I may not be able to get to you. may not be able to get to me physically. But what we did is this. We have pieces of cloth here. Handkerchiefs. Acts 19, 11 and 12. The Bible says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick. Handkerchiefs and aprons. says, And the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. I, just as I began to talk about that healing power in my hands, it came in a manifestation. I began to feel it. Earlier on in the day as I was praying, it was like I had coals of fire in both my hands. At the time, I had to put my hands inside water because my, my palms were burning. It came in a manifestation strong, and it's, it's in manifestation strong right now. Praise God. So I'm going to lay hands on these handkerchiefs. This is what I want you to do. Just stretch your hands towards them as well as we believe God. See, people are suffering. People are sick. We know that God wants them well. We know that healing is dear to the heart of God. We know that disease is of the devil. And we know that the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And so, I'll lay hands. Now, this is a sanitizer. Why am I doing this? Well, Justin... Uh, so you can know as you're watching, we're endeavoring to be careful about these things. Praise God. Uh, uh, that's why I told them to put this out and I wanted to do it so you see me do it. Well, and I'm going to wait for it to, for it to um, evaporate from my hands, but it doesn't do anything to that power. It's a manifestation in my hands. I, I can feel it just yet. I'm going to lay hands on these pieces of cloth and that healing power, just like the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5, 25 to 34, the Bible says, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. The Bible says, and straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. It says, and Jesus immediately known in himself, that virtue had gone out of him. Turn him about in the press, said, Who touched my clothes? His disciple said, Thou seest the multitude tongue in me, and says, Thou touched me. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, told him all the truth. And he said, Daughter, thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace and behold of thy plague. Jesus said it was her faith. Well, yes, it was. Her faith in the power that Jesus was anointed with. You see, God, how God anointed, Acts 10, 38, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus was anointed with healing power. The clothes that Jesus wore, they soaked that same power. So when that woman touched the clothes in faith, healing power went into her body. So we lay hands on these pieces of cloth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In obedience to the head of the church, 
and to the law of contact and transmission, the contact of our hands, transmitting God's healing power into these pieces of cloth to undo that which the devil has wrought and to effect a healing and a cure in them. Thank you because as they are brought in contact with the sick, the sicknesses leave their bodies. The demons leave them in the name of Jesus. Thank you because healings are wrought. Healings are wrought. Yokes are destroyed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you because your power saturates these pieces of cloth and diseases are healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The power of God comes on them in the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's healing in the name. There's power in the name. There's authority in the name. 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 In the name of Jesus. Thank you for outstanding testimonies. We praise you ahead of time. We thank you ahead of time. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and thank him for healings, for miracles that happen as a result of this. Now, let me also say this. Do you need to give an offering to get one of them? No. Freely we receive, freely give. As many as uh, want, we'll send it to you. It's free. We'll get it across to you. Get it mailed to you. Get it. Get it to you. Now, what will this do? Is this something superstitious? No. Because I can't lay hands on you physically. But you see, I laid hands on these handkerchiefs. And as you wear them on, just like those handkerchiefs that Paul had laid his hands on, those aprons, the same power that I'm anointed with, it's these pieces of cloth are charged with them. I remember one case like that. Laid hands on a handkerchief, one of such handkerchiefs. And there was this lady, she, it was her brother. He, he had arthritis. The lady got home. Her name is Ediri. Some people may know her who are watching now. She dropped, said she dropped the handkerchief somewhere in the house. Then her brother, the one with the arthritis, came, and he was just looking for something, and he stumbled on the handkerchief. And this is what the lady told me. said, as soon as her brother touched that handkerchief, that the brother said he felt something like power, like electricity, from that handkerchief flow into his body, and instantly he was healed. Well, what was that? It was that same power. The power of God. It's greater than disease. It's greater than sickness. Now, laying on of hands is one method. And that goes with the prayer clots and all. But you know something? You don't have to have a hand laid on, you, laid on you. You don't have to have one of these clots. I'm going to just stretch my hands towards you. I'm praying faith in the name of Jesus. Now, if you want one of those, just write to us. Message us. Send us a message. Facebook Messenger. And let us know how to get it through to you, and we'll get those things across to as many as we can, as many people as we can, praise God. But then, that's just one method. There's the place of just using the name of Jesus. Like I talked about, about that boy. I didn't lay hands on him. I just used that name. In John 14, 14, Jesus said, if you will demand anything as due in my name, I will do it. And so right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I stand against sickness. I stand against disease. Those who are listening to me, afflicted in any parts of their body or in their minds, disease be gone now in the name of Jesus. Demons, you will leave them now in the name of Jesus. I stand in agreement with the people of God and I say that they are made whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet now 
in the name of Jesus. Now, this is what I want you to do. Begin to thank God. Begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him because you're healed. Begin to thank Him because you're healed. The power of God. It's made manifest in your body right where you are. 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 There's somebody, you had a stroke. You had a stroke. Uh, feeling is returning to your body now. Amen. Feeling is returning to your body now. Your tongue, you can feel a sensation in your mouth. The power of God is making you whole right now. Is making you whole right now. Is making you whole right now. There's somebody, one of your eyes, the power of God is touching that eye now. In the name of Jesus, glaucoma, be gone in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Papa Rothusafetila, Emanadalasi, 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 Emanadalasi. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. You see, on this earth today, there are things that are happening. There are things that are to happen. The purposes of God, the plans of God. And yes, we'll yield, we'll cooperate with the Spirit of God. And so there is great glory, greater glory that lies just ahead. So do not give in, do not despair, but rather press in, press in. Those things that you saw in the spirit in yesteryears, those things that God showed you in the nighttime, in that vision in the night, in that dream, and you saw yourself ministering and ministering in some ways and doing certain things, and it looked like it's never going to come to pass. You waited all these years. You haven't seen it manifest just yet. Those glories that you saw, those expectations as a young man, as a young lady, listen, said the Lord, it shall come to pass. 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 For the church is in our finest hour. You see, the church is not going to get weaker and weaker. And the devil is not going to get stronger and stronger. No, the church is rising as a mighty giant. And we're taking our place. And we're dispelling the works and the forces of hell. And yes, the harvest will be reaped in the name of Jesus. For there ain't enough devils in hell to stop us as a mighty moving force. We're going out. We're going boldly. We're going to do more. We're going to do more. Someone, you lost a loved one. And the devil has been telling you, oh yes, you did your best. You tried everything you could, but you lost that loved one. And you're feeling now like, look, let me forget about this supernatural. If this supernatural, if I couldn't bring it to bear in the life of this loved one, what voice do I have to pronounce it, to proclaim it? Listen, you're hurting. Yes, you are. And the comforter is on the inside of you to help you. Your secret things belong to the Lord. Those that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. Why that person didn't receive their healing is a secret thing between them and the Lord. But you don't despair. And don't let the devil cheat you. But rather press on. Rather fight on. And contend for the supernatural. And contend for the miraculous. And contend for the mighty moving of God's spirit. Someone, you have a, a three-month pregnancy and you, you, started, you started spotting. You started spotting. You, was, you began to spot like two days ago and you, you're troubled. Is it, am I going to lose this one again? You've had a series of miscarriages and you're thinking, no, is this, am I going to lose this one again? No, you're not. 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 In the name of Jesus, 
in the name of Jesus. Someone's left ear popped open right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for the miraculous. For the miraculous. For the miraculous. Devil has been telling you, you're going to have to close down that church. You're going to have to close down that church. Nobody's going to come. People are not going to come back. You're going to have to close down that church. The, the finances, the money is not, is not coming in. Your budget wouldn't balance. You're going to have to close down that church. That's what the devil has been assaulting you with. It's the devil. You're not going to have to close down the church. <laughs> Just laugh in the devil's face. You're not going to have to close it down. You're not going to have to close it down. You're not going to have to close it down. In actual fact, you better start preparing for multiple services. Yes, 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 yes. Just watch the Lord do it. Yes, do your best. Put in all you need to do in the natural, but you're not going to have to close it down. You're not going to have to close it down. As I just said that, on the inside of you, something leaped up, and yes, it's you I'm talking to. It's you I'm talking to. You're seated now. I can see you seated on a, a, a brown chair somewhere. Amen. In your living room. And something just leaped up. Yes, you are the one I'm talking to. You're not going to have to close it down. <laughs> wow, glory to God. 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 See, we're in the shallow waters of another new beginning. We're in the shallow waters of another new beginning. We're in the shallow waters of another new beginning. A new beginning in our nation. In our nation, a new beginning, a turning point. Yeah, some changes will happen. And it will be the hand of the Lord that brought them to pass. And we'll all say, well, this only could have been God. What does that mean? I don't know. But whatever it does, praise God. Papa Barathesita, Evananato Clotos, 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 Clotos. Amen. We give him praise. We give him thanks. He's our father. He's a good father. He's a glorious father. He's a wonder working father. He's a wonder working father. He's a wonder working father. Thank you for miracles, oh God. Financial provision. Financial provision. Financial provision. Yes, you said the hand of the diligent will bear rule. Yes, you said he that does not work, he should not eat. We are diligent, oh God. But we believe you for your favor. We believe you for your hand. We believe you, oh God, for miraculous provision. Miraculous provision. You are the one who turned the water into, the, into wine. You are the one who multiplied the loaves. You are still the same today. Thank you for miraculous provision. Financial breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for favor, oh God. I stretch out my hand in blessing to the people of God. I say be blessed in the name of Jesus. I say be blessed in the name of Jesus. I say be blessed in the name of Jesus. Thank you for breakthroughs, oh God. Financial miracles. Financial miracles. Doors of opportunity, doors of utterance, doors of utterance, doors of opportunity. Thank you for increase, increase, abundance, abundance in the name of Jesus. Papa Rathosofa Namra Dalasi, Venomagalesta, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, ha If you had the miracle, what would you do? If you had the miracle, what would you do? If you had the miracle, what would you do? If you had the miracle, what would you do? If you were healed, 
what would you do? Just go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and bless him. Go ahead and thank him. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. 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 Thank you for lifting. Supernatural lifting. Supernatural lifting. Supernatural lifting. Thank you for doors of promotion. Doors that had been shut before. They are opened in the name of Jesus. Thank you for all rivers. 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 Rivers of living water. Purpose in your heart. Make a decision. Father, I'm going to contend for the move of the spirit. I'm going to contend for the supernatural. I'm going to contend for the miraculous. I'm going to contend for the power of God. Tell him just that. Tell him just that. You're going to contend. You're going to contend. You're going to contend. You're going to contend for the move of God, for the things of God. You're going to give yourself some more to the word, to studying, to preaching it, to teaching it, to praying. And as a body, we earnestly desire. Let's lift up our hands and give him thanks and give him praise. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. You want to shout a little? You want to jump a little? You want to run a little? Go ahead and rejoice. Oh, glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. We are on the winning side. We are on the winning side. We've got the victory. We've got the victory. We've got the victory. Someone who's been battling depression, shout that depression out. Tell the devil, I've got the victory. I've got the victory. I've got the victory. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm more than a conqueror. I encourage myself in the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory,